A teacher should never lay hands on a student, but boy, did I want to once I found out what Michael was doing to Amanda. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. I hope you've been finding the episodes this month on Becoming Bullyproof helpful. I've really enjoyed doing them, and I think these messages are important for all teens and young adults. This month, I'm asking all my listeners to share my podcast once on social media to help get these messages to the ears of those who need them. If you share it, please tag me. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram by just searching Joey Massio or Firmly Founded, and I should come right up. I would love to connect with you. And now, episode 52, What If There Are No Bullies? I sat at my desk in the middle school discipline office where I'd been working for the last two years. My next appointment was about to walk in. It was a restorative circle between two students I knew very well. Michael and Amanda. I knew Amanda because she was just the brightest, bubbliest, most helpful girl on campus who volunteered during lunch to help me run the student incentive store. She also had a scar from her lip to her nose from multiple surgeries she'd had in her life due to being born with a severe cleft palate. I knew Michael because he'd been in my office many times. The best way to describe Michael was that he thought himself as big as a high schooler, but still had a lot of elementary school left in him. His immaturity and goofball attitude often got him into trouble. They both arrived, and the three of us sat in chairs in the middle of the room, facing each other. That's how these restorative circles were run. And there was a list of specific questions I was supposed to ask. I turned to Michael for the first question. So, Michael, what happened? Michael said, Nothing. I don't know why we're here. I turned to Amanda. Amanda, what happened? She responded, Nothing. Everything's okay. I looked at both of them. Guys, something happened. We got reports from several students and a teacher that there's some bullying going on. Michael got a little animated. What? I didn't bully nobody! I'm not saying you did. I'm saying people are saying you did. We are just here to figure out why they are saying that. So, Michael, what happened yesterday during lunch with you and Amanda? I could tell he knew exactly what happened now. Nothing. We was just messing around. What did that look like? I was just joking with my friends. I could tell he was avoiding some key information. So I turned to Amanda. Amanda, can you tell me more? She smiled politely and said, they, they were just saying I was their girlfriend. A little confused because that sounded like a compliment, I asked her to elaborate. Well, Michael would tell his friend, Amanda's your girlfriend. And then his friend would say, Ooh, no, she's your girlfriend. And they were just saying that back and forth. Then I understood. Michael, is that what happened? He avoided eye contact with me and said, yeah. Then I asked Michael the next question of the restorative circle. 
What were you thinking at the time? Nothing. We were just teasing each other. Just, you know, doing it for laughs. That's, that's it. Doing it for laughs. Okay. Thank you. Amanda, what were you thinking at the time? The room turned still as she thought of what to say. Tears started to form in her eyes. She tried to fight them, but couldn't stop the emotion that was overcoming her. It rose to the surface, and she broke down into sobs. Deep, painful, gut-wrenching sobs. It, it, it hurt me a lot. I, I felt like I was, I was ugly and, and not worth anything. And, and I wondered why I was born the way I was. Why? And, and I was thinking, why do they hate me so much? What, what did I ever do to them? And I, I just wanted to go hide, hide from everything and, and everyone. As she cried, Michael sat silent. And I let him feel it. I wanted to pick him up and toss him into the wall, but I resisted the urge. Besides, doing nothing right then was proving more effective. I got Amanda a tissue, and after a moment, I finished the restorative circle. Michael recognized what his actions did to Amanda. He apologized and made a promise never to do it again. Amanda accepted his apology. Before we ended, I looked Michael in the eyes and went off script. I want you to be Amanda's protector out there. If any of your friends ever tease her again about the way she looks, I'm coming to you to ask why you didn't stop it. Is that clear? Yes, he said. And I believed him. And over the next two years, I never received another report of Michael bullying Amanda. I will never forget that day or the lessons I learned from it. Michael truly did not see himself as a bully, just as someone messing around. Recognizing what he was doing to another person is his journey. So, what is our journey as someone who is the target of a person like Michael? Now, Amanda handled her situation like a champ. It was still hurting her on the inside, but she was trying to let it roll off her back. Last week's episode, Moonhead, talked about how to really, truly do that. And by the way, after I sent Michael back to class, I kept Amanda for a while longer and gave her some of that training. But the thing that stands out the most for me from this true story was that someone else had to report what was going on. Why does that happen? Why didn't Amanda say something? It was hurting her after all, like really bad. Now, who knows why people don't report things like that? There's lots of reasons. It could be because they don't want to make things worse. It could be because they feel like they deserve it or don't want to be a narc or a snitch or whatever the kids call it these days. It could be for literally any reason. But I have a theory. My theory is that people don't report it because they are seeing the situation as being about them and not being about the bully. Maybe they view themselves as helpless or a victim, deserving, whatever, but it's all focused on themselves. They've made it really personal, and that's totally understandable. 
the other students and the teacher who reported it, to them, it wasn't personal. It was about helping someone else. What if the target of bullying could do that too? Not make themselves the focus of the story, but make the bully the focus. See the bully as a person who needs help, not themselves as a victim who needs help. What if we could not make it personal? For example, what if Amanda truly saw Michael for Michael, took the focus off of her and put it on him? It wasn't just that she was being bullied and it's okay, or she can handle it or she's used to it. Michael was someone who needed help in this situation. He needed to know that his words and actions were inappropriate in a world full of other people with feelings and emotions. He needed to see that what he was doing was against his values. He just didn't know it. I mean, no one in that situation with a girl sobbing in the seat across from you goes, yep, this is what I was going for right here. This is who I am. Every bully in that chair feels unpleasant. And every bully that I ever talked to in that room fights against the label of being a bully. They don't want to be a bully. No one wants to be the bully in the story. Now, he didn't know this, but in order for Michael to stop being the bully, he needed to stop viewing Amanda as an it, but as a real person. So I want to introduce you to the I-it and I-you concept. It's from Martin Buber. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, or maybe Buber, a philosopher from the early 1900s. To oversimplify this concept in a few sentences, if you have an I-it relationship with someone, you are the I, they are the it, you view them as more of an object to be used for whatever purposes you want, rather than a person to be recognized, and therefore, you have a harder time connecting with them. If you change your view to an I-you, you are the I, they are the you, then it means you see the other person as, well, more of a person. And you really see them and therefore will be connected more to them. So this is simple to apply to the bully's perspective. Stop seeing people as an it, you big jerk. But today, I'm not talking about how they see us as an it. I'm talking about how we see them the same way. We see bullies as an it. Remember, my work isn't focused on changing the bully, but strengthening the target. We can get incredible power as targets by seeing the bully as a you and not an it. Now, you may not be aware that you're doing it just like they aren't, but even in the act of labeling them as a bully, they become an it and become less human in our eyes. They become a, a caricature that can be seen as more powerful than they really are and can cause us to take the interaction personally. When you think of a bully, it's hard not to think of the typical characterized bully from a movie, right? They're big, have no neck, red hair, couldn't give two craps about other people. They're very one-dimensional. It's like they're only out to pick on and hurt other people. Like that's their one job in life. Now we take that image and we transcribe that onto the bullies in our lives. Even if they don't have red hair, we picture them as 
just always being big jerks, like laughing at everyone in their lives, seeking to bring people down, but that's not really who they are. Here's today's secret for an awesome life. There are no bullies, only humans who are making choices against their own values. Now, I know I've been using the word bully this month like a lot, but truthfully, I don't believe bullies are real. It may just be semantics, I know, but for me, it's been the most helpful thing in my life. It allows me to look at everyone with compassion as a person and not label them or view them as a caricature. Now, in more recent movies and TV shows, they are able to do this really well. They create a bully character that you hate, and then they show you their backstory to make you care about them. Now, some even make a whole TV series or movie around a character like this. It's called an anti-hero. They do this by making them human first and then showing you the mean things they are doing to others in the world. And for some reason, you still root for them. You even justify some of their bad actions or at least understand their flaws that lead them to commit them. And you want them to change like so badly. You're like, stop being bad, dang nabbit. I, I picture like Zuko from Avatar. He, he's a perfect example of this. So what if you could look at your bully the same way? As a person who needs help living their life more in tune with who they want to be. This allows you to take yourself out of their reasons for doing what they are doing or saying. This doesn't mean that you don't tell anybody what's going on. In fact, I make the opposite true. When you can do that, when you can truly look at them as a person, as a you, you are more likely to get help for them. Let an adult know what's going on because you're not a victim. And they're not a bully. They're a human who is probably not living in line with their values. And you are a human who can get them help because maybe that's just who you are. So why wouldn't you tell someone? When we can do this, we don't make it matter that we are the person they are targeting. That's not even the issue. Now, some may argue that in certain situations, it's may be helpful to see someone as a bully, to, to have that identity, to, to label them as that. Great. If that works for you, if that allows you to stand up for yourself, get help, fantastic. Go ahead and keep that. But if you are more in Amanda's situation, someone who is viewing you as an it in the relationship with you and the bully, and you're not telling anyone, then try asking yourself this. What if there are no bullies? Just humans who need help. If you can do this, you give yourself the power to get them help and help protect yourself from their out-of-line choices in the process. The theme this month in my teen coaching membership, The Firmly Founded Teen, will also be Becoming Bullyproof. We'll be doing in-depth training and coaching for teens on the topics my podcast will be covering. If you know a teen who is being bullied, then send them and their parents to firmlyfounded.com slash teen to sign up. 
The first 30 days are free, so they can get all the Bullyproof training this month at no cost to them. And then they can leave if they want, I don't care. The bullies and bystanders this month will be getting their trainings. Let's make sure those who feel bullied get theirs as well.